Welcome to Indian Prairie Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Pease. And today we are talking about flexible delivery of instruction. A large group of teachers and administrators have been working to outline ways we are meeting the needs of our students through a variety of instructional practices. These range from a traditional model of face-to-face with the teacher to a fully online course with only online communication. In between those ends lies a wide range of blended approaches that incorporate both of those extremes. Teachers in Indian Prairie schools have been using flexible delivery methods through our online classes, or ELO, and blended sections over the past few years. What we have learned is that strategies that are effective in those modes of learning can be applied in other classes, and these flexible strategies, which are already happening in many places, increase collaboration, feedback, and student ownership. We're happy to have two of those teachers who have been leaders in this area and are on our committee join us today to talk about flexible delivery of instruction. We'll start with Adam. Would you introduce yourself for us, please? Yes, Kathy. Hi. Um, my name is Adam Deitch. I am the Social Studies Department Chair at Wabansee Valley High School. Uh, I've been at the district of uh, six, seven years now, and I've been teaching a blended um, American government slash civics course for about that duration. Thank you. And Don? Uh, my name is Don Pancook. I'm the Social Studies Chair over at Batia Valley, and this is my 25th year, 26th year of teaching. Um and uh, excited to be here to talk about some of the stuff. We've been part of the planning committees and seen some um, different schools do some things, so happy to share some thoughts. Well, I'd like to thank you both for being here today and starting this conversation. We'd like to start by just having you describe what is flexible delivery of instruction? Well, for me, I think flexible delivery of instruction centers around how we approach uh, lesson design and how students uh, learn in the classroom. And I think you mentioned in the opening that there's a there's a large gap between uh, face-to-face and online, and that flexible delivery instruction sits in that gap. Um, for me, it's constructing and identifying what types of lessons work best for different um, group sizes in the classroom. So it's like a a scale of like five iterations of lesson design. Some things work great for an entire whole class and I need 30, 32 kids there for that to be successful. And then there's some things that we create for teachers that doesn't need my presence in front of them for them them to be successful. And that's just sort of like that online um, piece. Um, The the benefit for me as a teacher in flexible delivery is that it allows me to sort of break down that wall a little bit of that 45-minute traditional block of high school learning and uh, create lessons that could be longer than those 45 minutes or even shorter than those 45 minutes and really allow that flexible learning path for for students to to explore, um, but also just create, I think, a a deeper understanding with the students based on whatever iteration of that, um, that delivery looks like. Um, okay, so I think flexible uh, delivery is an untapped um, area that we haven't really explored that much. Most of us are very comfortable with the traditional classroom and the 45-minute uh, teachers in charge and delivering everything. And then some of us ex- have experimented with the online version, which is the teacher not being there. But what I think the flexible is everything that's in between that's really designed to meet the student and what they need. Uh, oftentimes what we do in a lesson is we provide what we think 
students need. And the flexible delivery really allows us to listen to what the kids are saying and what they need and allow us to adjust to whatever, whatever they are in need of. Based on that, can you talk a little bit about when you talk about student needs and how the flexible delivery might meet that? Can you give some examples of how this does support student needs and the way that they take in information? Yeah, I think one of the a good example would be something like vocabulary. Uh, there are certain kids that can learn vocabulary related to a content and just get it on their own. There's other students that will need multiple examples of that. And where we're stuck in a traditional setting is we keep all those kids in the same place for the same amount of time. And it's not respecting the time of the kid who already gets it. Um, And then at other times, as a teacher, I'm just going to go through it because while this kid's still struggling to understand it, I've got to move forward. And I think what flexible delivery would allow us to do is if you've got it, if you're showing through a formative that you truly do understand this term, then let's move on to the next piece. Um, And so then hopefully what I could do in class is I could differentiate those kids who have successfully met those goals of that formative. They can move on to something else. The other group, I may come up with another set of of instruction, maybe where we're giving them more examples or asking them to themselves to create the examples of themselves so that I could check to see if they really understand it. And Adam, can you take that a little bit further and talk about what some of those blended structures might look like? and how they support kids? Yeah, Don mentioned this idea of um, the formative piece. It's 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 readily embedded in a, in a flexible delivery in the sense that um, the way in which you create a lesson, if it's independent um, on their own, I'm still soliciting knowledge and understanding from them during that process. And I take that knowledge or lack thereof in some cases and build future lessons on that. And so it's a, it's a formative piece and a formative tool just in, in and of itself. And so a lot of the instruction Instruction um, that takes place in my classroom is based solely on their feedback based on some of the flexible delivery. So if we start a couple class periods with some independent learning and I'm soliciting feedback from them, I take that information and then I construct lessons based off of, you know, the gaps that they have in their understanding versus uh, maybe a traditional format in which I would have created a lesson for each day of the week, not really understanding if those kids need that instruction from me. A lot of times, like Don point out, kids can grasp vocabulary very quickly or just some sort of right there type of understanding. Uh, I don't need to create any lessons and use my class time and their class time for that. Rather, I can find those areas of, of misunderstandings, find those gaps and say, okay, today's lesson is this. Even when we come back, um, you know, when we, we separate as a blended class and we come back together, a lot of times I'll ask the students, okay, what direction do we want to go today? What do we want to start with first? Do we need a vocabulary review? Do we need to hit into some of the larger application pieces so that when we do our simulations and we do our authentic assessments, they feel comfortable with it? So they also drive on a day-to-day basis when we're in that whole whole uh class structure, what we're doing. Um, so a lot of it is, is formative. A lot of it is feedback. And uh, the nice thing for, again, on the teacher size is it, it really slows things down where you feel like you're actually maximizing every minute you have together as well as the time you don't have together. So if they're not always in front of you, where are kids? Well, that's a great question because the system right now, um, you know, is still the factory model. But I think that's where 
the, the untapped potential is. And I think um, we need to work within our buildings to really think about that a little bit. Um, I, I could get creative. I could keep them in the classroom. And, you know, I have this corner of the room is independent study. This corner is where I'm going to be uh, direct instruction with some kids. There may be some peer leadership somewhere else. Um, we've gotten creative and we're using the hallways. Sometimes we're using the LMC. Sometimes we are working with other teachers who are teaching the same course. And you send me these types of kids that are looking for this and I'll send you my kids that are that are looking to do this. Um, I think that's the untapped challenge though. And that's where we need um, you know, the, the experience and the creativeness of our teachers to really come through. And, uh, and we need the administration to give us permission to try. Like go ahead and try some of this stuff because we think that's actually gonna help kids learn better. So where are we now? flexible delivery of instruction. I know as a group, we've been talking about it for um, a while. Last year, we had a committee focused on uh, flexible delivery. Where are we right now? Uh, that's a good question. Um, maybe an analogy would be, you know, uh, having the 50th anniversary of the Apollo moon landing just the other day. Uh, we're in one of the Apollo missions, maybe not Apollo 11 yet. Maybe somewhere at Apollo 7, um, you know, Apollo 8. We're right there on the cusp of of making this, what I like to refer to as sort of like air, like everywhere but invisible. Um, that's the benefit, you know, Don talked about and you asked, like, where do our students go? Um, we want to make it so that the high school still looks the same if you're a visitor walking in and it doesn't look like a bunch of kids just wandering around. That's not the case. Um, we want to make it like air, invisible, but everywhere where that flexible delivery is happening, where, you know, kids are maybe pushed into the LMC for some independent learning or teachers are working in concert to share. I think that's the Apollo 11 for us is getting more teachers involved, having students and parents feel comfortable with this change because uh, students are used to teachers telling them things and providing them with that information. And it's, and it's a, a disruptor for them when they're like, wait, I have to do this on my own. And without sort of that direction of the teacher in front of me, I think once we get some students uh, more students and more parents comfortable with that, that's sort of our Apollo 11. I think that's where we'd want to get. And then our teachers just embed flexible delivery, regardless if you're a quote unquote blended class or not. So with that being said, what's the forecast? What will we see this year uh, moving into 2019-2020? Well, to, to build off of Adam's Apollo analogy, <laughs> let's, let's hope we get more 8, 9s, and 10s and eventually get to an 11 and no Apollo 13s. Where crashing <laughs> birds kind of um, no, but I, I think that's where we're at is uh, we're asking people to experiment a little bit. We are committed to a vision. We're going to the moon. We are committed to this flexible learning. We know that it's the best thing that, that we can offer for students, um, but it's a challenge. It's not going to be easy. Uh, it takes you as the teacher knowing exactly where you want kids to go as well as students knowing where they are in the process. And so the, 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 the need for formative assessments is going to be critical. Uh, the need for differentiation is going to be critical. Um, and I think it's going to take a lot of support uh, from administration and teams of teachers working collaboratively to try and test some things out. And um, but but I think it's the potential is unbelievable. Like if we can truly create independent learners who are able to identify what they need and then as teachers provide that for them, that's what we want to see um, out of our school system. 
A lot of people have started working with blended practices and things like that. Has the committee talked about some professional learning? Yeah, absolutely. We sat down in some uh, some meetings and some task force last year to uh, begin to sort of architect what that was going to look like. And I know at Wabansi Valley, I can speak specifically that we're going to try to um, create a cohort of you know blended teachers working side by side and in concert with teachers who are curious and interested and want to have a deeper sort of dive into what it is. Uh, because we've been kind of playing around the edges with it with the, that smaller group of teachers. We haven't gotten everybody the clear messaging and the clear brand of it yet. And so that's part of that professional development is have everybody understand what we mean when we say flexible delivery and instruction. It isn't just let the kids go and you never have any accountability for them. It's really kind of coaching them through what that looks like. And at Wabansi Valley, we're going to, we, we, we did some PD um, with some breakout sessions on our SIP days last year where we facilitated that with the, the teachers we have currently in the building, identified teachers who are like, this sounds kind of cool, but I'm scared at the same time. What do I need to do next? And we're going to kind of just partner together and have those conversations and make them feel comfortable about um, what that looks like in their classroom, because it's different from a civics class to a, a chemistry class to a you know world language class. And it's just building that capacity through that professional development, both formally and informally. I think it's safe to say the district is committed to providing professional development with this. They want to see this go through. Um, but it's also at some point the teachers are going to have to say, well, this is what I need at this point. Uh, and my advice to teachers who are thinking about doing this is well, find a friend who's going to help you through this a little bit. Like you can experiment together and collaborate along the way. And at some point you've got to have a good communication system to say, I think this is what we need. We're going to need a little bit more time to work on this, or we're going to need to be given some uh, space flexibility to stuff like that, because this is what we are committed to trying to do. And it's not a one structure fits all. So and I it's think not, it's, it's not a one year absolutely. switch either. I think mm-hmm. this is going to be a long term, um, you know, a, a decade from now, we are going to make it, <laughs> make this happen. But it's, I could definitely see this is it's going to be a long term plan. Yeah, using that that Apollo analogy again, this would be this this fall will start my fourth or fifth year doing a blended class, and I think last year the maybe the the last semester of the year before that was when I finally felt like, hey, I think we got this kind of workshopped well enough that I feel good about what we're doing for for learners, and it's going to take some time for everybody to 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 grow to that. Um, we talk a lot about everybody's entry point is different, and it's finding teachers' entry point and then moving them from that point A to that point B. And it that will vary per teacher. Um, but it will be a, a great challenge and a great experience, I think, for District 204 and the high schools. Well, we hope you enjoyed this discussion about flexible delivery of instruction. I'd like to thank both Adam and Don, not only for their time today, but for their leadership in this area. They've been instrumental in helping us continue to move forward and support our teachers and students. Do either of you have any final thoughts? You can do it. We can do this. Uh, We choose to do the hard things, right? And let's keep choosing to do them. Well, thank you both. And we'd also like to thank the curriculum instruction team for their work in this area. And special thanks to Mike Purcell, Brian Giovanini, and Al Davenport for their leadership with this team. If you have any further questions or would like more information, please email your thoughts to support at IPSD.org and we will connect you with someone. If you're looking to find a friend, as Don said, we will find you a friend, um, but we'll also be able to answer some questions for you. We'd like to give special thanks today to Janet Bulio and Clayton Urbanic for making this podcast happen. Thank you for your time today. We hope you enjoyed being a part of the conversation.